Live from Indianapolis, this is continued coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to Hour 2 of our wall-to-wall coverage from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Jerry Dulac along with Matt Williamson. Our Combine coverage is presented by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC, and they will get started with drills tomorrow. Um, Matt, uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium, we are broadcasting right across the street at the Indiana Convention Center. Um, you know, the, the, the layout here in Indianapolis, talking about just how convenient everything yeah. is, you know, with the, with the, with the, uh, upground tunnels, you never really have to go outside if right, you want right. to connect you mo- through most of downtown. And then of course the convention center here connected to Lucas Oil Stadium underground. And mm-hmm. so you see a lot of the NFL people traipsing through the convention center, uh, making their way over to Lucas Oil Stadium. So the drills start tomorrow. And of course, everybody will be wanting to look uh, at the quarterbacks. They all, there's six of them or three of them. Um, everybody wants to see the quarterbacks throw. That always seems to be the marquee event. And of course, everybody in Pittsburgh have, uh, you know, has great interest in the quarterbacks this year because we're going to see what the Steelers do. Um, I think in any other year, Matt, um, most of these guys, if not all of these guys, uh, might be second round choices, but, uh, a lot of them, uh, but probably three of them going to be first round choices. We'll see. But it, it, as Kevin Colbert said earlier yesterday, and he mentioned this last week, he feels there's quality what's there. There's just not a lot there. Yeah, and, and clearly there's not a Trevor Lawrence. You know, there's not a slam dunk first overall pick. There is a lot of years. Not that Lawrence comes around every year. Um, I'm infatuated with Malik Willis of, of his traits. You know, I mean, he has remarkable clay to mold. Um, I also good way of putting it. Yeah, you know, and we'll, we'll see how that works out. But frankly, all the quarterbacks that went in the first round last year, and there are five of them, not even you know basing off what they did in the NFL in their rookie years, I'd take all five of them over anyone in this class. Right. You right. know. So to your point, it's probably five top fifty picks most years, second rounders, maybe late first type of guys. Is Malik Willis that much different than Lamar when he came out and he was what the thirty first or thirty second pick? You yeah. know. Yeah. You know, just thinking about what they were work were as props. So that's a little frightening. You know. I mean, it, it's. I tend to agree with Kevin that out of those five, I bet three or four of them are long-term starters, but probably more Kirk Cousins than Pat Mahomes. You know? right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That's a good comparison as well, and I, I agree with you. Um, where, um, you know, you know um, Kenny Pickett's the tallest quarterback in his yeah, draft, at least guys. of the top. Yeah, yeah right. And, and Malik, was, you know, they say six foot, which makes me think. Now, we haven't seen the measurables. I'm real curious on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess he comes in 5'11 and some, and some change, probably. Uh, yeah. But he's a little thicker. You know, he's very a, thick. Yeah, yeah. 220 uh, listed. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's not as, a quote, small as Kyler Murray. And yet we're part, part of the issue the Cardinals are having. You know, we saw Kyler Murray's agent come out uh, the other day and say he wants to be paid like a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You're on your rookie deal. Um, uh, uh, I don't think they're going budge, but part of it from their standpoint is, you know, Kyler Murray, there's some issues going on with this guy beyond the fact that he's just, he keeps, you know, he gets hurt. He's a smaller guy and he's out there running. And, yeah. and I remember Ben Roethlisberger telling me years ago when RG three came in, you know, and these guys, is this the new wave? And he said, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. He said, let's see after they run around a little bit in the NFL and get popped. And once they get a big contract, how much teams will want him running around. But you wonder if the agent yeah. for Kyler Murray is firing the preemptive strike now because 
figured, look, I better get this money now before my guy gets hurt or or his stock keeps going down because that's what's happening. Yeah, that's interesting because Kyler to me is little where Wilson and Malik Willis aren't. I mean, they're I I think Willis is built like a running back. Yeah. You know, I mean, he is going to be shorter, though. A big thing with these short guys, and, and I, I think we're going to have Tony Grossi on at some point because I want to ask him about Baker. If you're a shorter guy, you better have great feet to find throwing lanes in, or to run yourself out of problem because I think that kills Mayfield right now. He can't see the field that well, right. and he can't move around to find those lanes with those quick little steps. Um, you're right about Kyler, and it's always first eight weeks of the year, he looks like the MVP, and then right. he slows down and goes down then he sprains an ankle and at the end he's just a guy and that's a real problem and i'm not piling on kyler murray but i also think teams tell you what they think of their players for all these years he had larry we were talking about leadership they had larry you know and then when larry retires they go get rodney hudson jj watt and aj green i'm like why are they going this is in 2013 right right but they needed some adults in the room to lead the team so i his leadership and his dedication team has been questioned here and there. Right, you know, right. he was in Oakland A this time two years ago or whatever. Right, you know? right. Pointing fingers at his teammates. And right. Things like that. Yeah, so. no, no question about it. So, um, uh, so, and I, of course, part of it, uh, Matt, is going to depend on how soon somebody drafts a quarterback or, in this case, maybe reaches for a quarterback, mm-hmm. someone in the top 10. Will somebody go in the top 10? Will somebody reach and take somebody earlier than maybe people are anticipating? And then, of course, once that happens, other teams think, "Uh uh-oh, we better jump in if we think we want a quarterback. And so a lot of that's going to dictate what happens as well. 100%. And the first thing that happens even before that is some teams are going to get their quarterback before the draft. You know, so as we sit now. And there's enough available. There's a lot available. There's going to be more, a lot of movement, just like the last couple off-seasons. I probably could come up with eight to ten teams in the quarterback market. Half of those will get filled before. I don't know if Pittsburgh will be one of them or not. So that takes a few off the table. But you're right. I mean, if Willis really finds here or all everyone's talking about next week or Pickett's interviews are the best I've ever heard, you're going to start seeing him in these mock drafts at six, ten. You know, know that's how it goes, even if they're not – a Lawrence-like prospect, they're going to go earlier than they probably should, which is risky business. Absolutely. You know? Now, yeah. do you do you feel um, that uh, Kenny Pickett will be the first quarterback selected? I think when it's all said and done, and now the coaches are heavily involved in the process, they're going to look at Willis and say, I want that. I mean, he kind of stole the senior bowl. Um, his traits are way better. Supposedly, he's a very hard worker and very bright um, but you know, he, he's got a lot of work to do, you know, but the thing about him, like his size would scare me off his lack of height, his lack of height, his lack of height. I, I understand that. And I am curious. A lot of these quarterbacks, I'm really curious in their heights and weights, like how much you've looked at Matt Corral, but he looks very lean and small to me. He doesn't look like he can withstand the punishment. I will, I will say the one thing that stands out to me when I come to the comp. And of course I notice this with wide receivers, but you have some of them who are small, but just in general. The guys are smaller than I think they would be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm around a whole bunch of them, whether they're Steeler players, you know, NFL players in, in pads, in practice, in locker rooms. And then I see some of these guys, like, oh, they look awfully slight. Doesn't to, look like Ben. Dude, no, <laughs> you know, no, that's not a big sure. oak tree in the, yeah, right, right. right. No, you're 100% right. And it size still matters in this league. I mean, there's still the Parcells Belichick theory of, me the biggest strongest baddest dudes i can get and we're gonna win a lot of games you know and so little people have an uphill climb still even though it's easier for them now than ever yeah and so um uh when i look at this uh uh, quarterback class 
Um, you know, um, I don't know if, um, you know, how intriguing, I, I think Matt Carell is intriguing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, go first. I get the Willis thing. Um, you know, and of course, Kenny Pickett is, uh, right. The small hands is, is what mm-hmm. they're saying. Right. And then, uh, but I point out that Baker Mayfield had the smallest hands in that quarterback draft. Right. And yeah. Right. Worked they, out okay. Right. They both they play went, in the same area of the country right, and all right, that. Right. Right. And they both went. Uh, and, yeah. and I remember uh, uh, John Dorsey from the Browns talking about how hand size matters, especially Northeast and any draft Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So when you hear guys talking about the hand size matters, don't always believe, it. you know, I, even I just, though it does, don't always believe it. I just wonder what the number is. I mean, if it's under nine, yeah. you know, Michael Vick's the one that's had a successful career that's been under nine. Yeah. But Burrow's a little over nine. I mean, 10 is what you're Baker looking for. Baker was under nine. Was he? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. It was eight okay. something. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of, he he's had a lot of fumbles in the pocket. Um, it's, I have my Baker questions at least. I'm curious about it. It would be a, it would be on my list of concerns, but my biggest concern with Pickett, and this is as much compliment as it is criticism, <coughs> excuse me. I think he's Kirk Cousins. I mean, I just don't think you can hit a home run. Oh, I agree. And I need to compete with Herbert and Allen and Holmes and Burrow swinging for the fences. That's why Willis is my favorite guy. Whether I strike out or not, I might hit a home run. So, so. Uh, it, let's let's look at it this way. Do you think the Steelers would be interested, or do you think the Steelers should be interested? Because it's hard to gauge. I know. In you Willis, think, uh, yeah, yes, I think so. I think Josh Allen's the comparison, except he doesn't have the height. You know, like extreme talents. Yeah, comes Josh Allen league. is Ben, who was even, who's even more mobile than the young Ben. Yeah, right. obviously. In fact, she wrote an article comparing Ben to Josh Allen, right, you know, right. early on. But Josh is faster than young Ben. But right. they're both ridiculously big, strong human beings that were like the most talented guys in the league. But Allen came in the league very scattershot with his accuracy. Oh, absolutely. Just getting by on brains instead of or brawn instead right. of brains. And I, I think Willis can do that for a year or two, though. I mean, that's why the league's a little different. Is the second you draft Malik Willis, he's probably the second best running quarterback in the league or third. That's hard to play against in itself. You know, we had uh, Fran Duffy from the table before over, and we were talking about Jalen Hurts. Well, they went to the playoff year with Jalen Hurts as he got better by running the football a ton and having 10 for your ball carrier instead of nine. You know, so I do think there's some cheat codes with that athleticism that can get you by, especially if the defense is back to where we think it could be. You know, I I, I look at a lot of quarterbacks, and I think that uh, defenses come up with ways – to defend them and still make you make them beat you. With We're seeing the, it with Lamar. Exactly. Yeah. With the, their, their short-term success doesn't stand up to the long-term and, and teams start yeah. figuring that out. Mahomes is a guy, let's face it. Mahomes isn't a guy who just runs. He's not Lamar Jackson. Not at all. He can, right, right. he can, he right, can, right, but right. he buys time. It's down the list. Right. Yeah. He's like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson yes. buys time as uncanny as anybody in more like going back Fran Tarkenton, who mm-hmm. was kind of like the, sure. uh, uh, the, the, the poster boy for that. Um, uh, so, but I, that's, that's always the thing. And I think the Steelers believe in that as well. Um, that, that the athleticism is good, but at the end of the day, you still have to be able, you better be the one who can stand there in the pocket and, and need be and throw it. Or a guy who, when he is, uh, moving out of the pocket, not running, whose mechanics don't break down, you know, right, while, right, right. while he's running, while he's moving. Don't become predictable. Like right. Baker loves to roll to his right, and he does. And everybody knows it now. Like you can't have these crutches that the world knows about. 
Um, I look at it this way. I think it's a graph, you know, that would enter the league as a quarterback, your athleticism and running skills are the best they're ever going to be. And they only go down. Right. Conversely, your ability to read defenses and knowledge of the game is the worst it's ever going to be. And it only goes up. And I can rely on the top part of the graph for a while if I think the bottom ones can make inconsistent progress. And then one day those two lines meet, and that's when you get Josh Allen or Mahomes or whatever you in their prime. And they don't always meet, and sometimes meet at a really low level because right. the bottom parts don't come along. Yeah, so. they meet, and then they and then they intersect and go the way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and and I I would agree with you, and and so and and again, you know, to what I said earlier about Ben's point, once they give these guys that contract, they want them putting themselves at risk as yeah. much by running right. the ball. Right. You know, and so then they lose one of the qualities that made them what they are. And I realized, you know, the, the guy's probably never going to change, but then he starts getting beat up a little bit more and more all the time. Your you know? Kyler example is a perfect one. The Ravens are fighting that dilemma right now. And Lamar, you're not just going to let him walk. Buffalo just resigned Josh Allen and they still run him like he's Mike Allstott. You know, right, <laughs> like, right, I mean, right. Cam Mike Newton Allstott. didn't because right. he ran like Mike Allstott, you know? So it, it really is a catch 22. I feel like if you draft a guy in the first round, you have four or five years to decide, can he become a pocket passer and make that his bread and butter and make the running a compliment? If not, you're probably not going to have the guy long. It's probably going to be a Cam Newton-like career where, sure, he had some good years, but then the body just can't do it at that level that long. I don't think there's any question when you listen to some of the things that Mike Tomlin said during the season and what Art Rooney, uh, the team president, said after the season that um, – mobile quarterbacks are desirable sure and they are the wave of the future tomlin has been game planning against them forever it's how hard they're playing they are to play against and when art rooney says that that tells me that's their mindset that's what they are going to look for they don't have that guy with what they Mm -hmm. uh so whoever it is that they bring in is going to have that quality and so if you're going to bring somebody in who has that quality you better bring in somebody who has that can be a starter not as a backup, because what's the right, point right, right. of that? Right. Um, they're going to add a quarterback one way or another because they lost one. So they're going to sure, add sure. one. But to me, I see them making a play for a Mitch Trubisky. That's uh, the route I would take. Absolutely. I, I would take him over Marcus Mariota. Uh, but I, but, I'd take Winston over both. Uh, I don't, yeah, see, I don't think they'd go that way. No, look, I don't know that. But just based on what I've, what I've heard, mm-hmm. I don't think they would go there. Why would you take him? Because I don't think he sees the field. I don't. I think his biggest problem is uh, is kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of dissecting the game. I think that's the biggest knock against him. It's certainly, Tampa Bay time. You know, I mean, throwing all those picks and thinking he's Superman. Um, those are the three names to me. I lump together. It's, yeah. it's Mariota. It's Trubisky. It's Winston. The thing I like the most about Winston is he played six or seven games here as a Saint. And played really well. Yeah, Mariota played one. Yeah, and it was okay. Yeah, I'm not. Trubisky didn't do a thing this I, year. I know? would only sign Mariota as a backup. I, I mean, mm-hmm. not as a guy who you, you're going to bring right. in and think he's going to be the starter. Right, right, right. And I, I think that's the route to go in general. Is considering this class, I don't want to spend a draft pick and cap space for Kirk Cousins and or Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want to spend a first pick on a quarterback who I think's just as good as Winston or Trubisky where that could be an offensive tackle. You know, I mean, if I can get one of those three names, it's not going to kill my cap. It's not going to kill my draft. 
and I might hit lightning in a bottle. I mean, those three names we met were all picked in the top two picks overall in their respective draft. And Trubisky and Winston, to me in particular, and it kind of applies to Mariota, I give them a ton of credit for putting their ego aside, go take a step back. I'm going to be Breeze's backup. I'm going to be Allen's backup at really strong organizations with great football offensive minds. I'm going to go learn the stuff that I was bad at. So I think the second half of their careers could be a lot better than the first half. Yeah, I, I agree. And when I look at it, you know, when I look at all those a- aspects, that's why I think Mitch Trubisky is the one that makes the most sense and uh, would be the best fit for him because he certainly mm-hmm. gives him that uh, the athleticism as a mobile quarterback no doubt. and a guy who can throw the football. He's uh, more mobile than Winston. Oh, absolutely. A better runner. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right, right. And, and, and faster. Yeah. I was I, when I first saw him, I was surprised how fat that guy was. He's very gifted. Yes, he is. But he went to back up Josh Allen, and he's yeah. not that much different. You know right. the, Bill, the Bills got him, I think, for two and a half million. I know. They You're just gave Mason Rudolph five. Right, exactly. You know, so, I mean, you're obviously going to have to give him more than that to break the bank. No, I mean, you know? I'm thinking he's a two- or three-year deal with a bunch of incentives, eight to 12 million, something like that. And, I mean, right. the one thing I will say, I've been in Indy now a little over 24 hours. Trubisky's name comes up more than Pickett's or Corral's. <laughs> I mean, the guy everyone seems to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think he's know? the most intriguing. And even yesterday, Sean McDermott and Brandon, the GM, were uh, raving about the type of person he is. And he how recently handled what you just talked about coming in and, you know, being, being you know, going from a starter and a high draft pick and, and having to watch Josh Allen get all the attention and the way he's handled sure. everything. And they just couldn't say enough good things about him. And, um, to me, that's the kind of guy who fits exactly what the Steelers are looking for. And, um, you know. Um, Wouldn't cost you that much. No. I, I, I think they could probably get him somewhere a million dollars mm-hmm. a year. You know, And I have a feeling you're going to have to compete with maybe the Bucks or Washington or somebody. I mean, you're not going to be the only one calling his agent. Where no, that's last right. Last year, fewer teams calling and there wasn't much cap space to go around. But I feel like the Steelers have more to offer him than some of the other teams, too. You know, it'd basically be his job. Yeah. I, mean, oh, yeah, I right. don't think there's any question. And then, of course, you know, when, when that happens, then, you know, there's there to me, then there's really no reason to hold on to Mason Rudolph, nor would Mason Rudolph, that when he sees that move being made, why would he want to? Stay? I'm sure he would say, look, I get it. Mm-hmm. Let me go. You know, no, yeah. I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, and but maybe, I want something decent in return. I'm not just giving letting him walk away. Mason Rudolph? Yeah. Oh, no. I I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying you're going to get a first-round pick for him or anything. No, but you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even get what they've used on him. No. Right? I'd say if you give me a fourth a or fifth in a deep draft, I'd be interested. Right. You know, use that money elsewhere. Maybe draft one in addition then. Jerry Dulac and Matt Williamson. We're at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Our Combine coverage is presented by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio. from Indianapolis. This is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Hey, welcome back to uh, the Indiana Convention Center. Jerry Dulac along with Matt Williamson. Our Combine coverage is presented by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC uh, after uh, I depart at noon. Uh, Matt, you're off at noon. Yeah, right? I'm doing you take a break with you, and then and, I go get a lunch and come back with Dale and Max. Right, Max and Dale being in. Wes, you next hour, too. Wes uh, Euler here. He's running the board for us right now. 
Uh, he's failing in his because he hasn't brought, brought me one thing to drink since we've A been. water would be really nice. That's right. Us, so if, yeah. he, if Wes is listening, <laughs> you out there, get me a water if you can. They've that's, been harder to come by this that's year. That's all right. I, water I, scarcity. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> I think we can make it. Uh, speaking of scarcity, uh, uh, Tony Grossi uh, joins us from ESPN Cleveland. He's been covering the Browns longer than uh, I've been watching the Steelers. That's for sure. He joins us now, my uh, frequent dining companion here at uh, ah, very nice at, at, at Indy. And we were at one of our favorite haunts last night. We would never shamelessly promote Iarias, but uh, <laughs> I, in, in I, this instance, we will. I just stopped by to see. Did you tweet that picture out last night? By the way, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I stopped by to see what what time our reservations tonight. That's all. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to interrupt your program. <laughs> I think it, I think it's seven. I think we have a standing. Line. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you, you had a chance to talk to some of the receivers this yes. morning. Receivers and quarterbacks were through the tight end as well. Uh, Kenny Pickett, they're waiting to talk with him uh, okay. here on the other side uh, in a minute, the pit quarterback. Um, but uh, the, the Browns, uh, you know, no OBJ, you know, Jarvis Landry now four years with him costs a lot of money. Uh, what what might the Browns be uh, looking at uh, heading into uh, heading into the draft? I, I think they have to look at these, these big guys that are at the top of the charts in this draft. I spent time with Traylon Burks of Arkansas. And then I what's he look like in person? He's unbelievable. Big. He's yeah. he's huge. And yeah. so you go over and look at Drake London. And Drake London like a and small forward. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small forward is exactly right. But uh, Burks is thicker, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got these huge hands. He says he wears size four extra large. I saw you. Gloves. I saw you tweet that out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, very humble. I like that about him. Yeah. You, you know, uh, he's definitely one of the best, if not the best out here and yet he didn't talk like it well that quality is boundless in cleveland it's not uh, <laughs> with your quarterback and some of your other players Present there. company accepted um <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I think i think one of those you know and i just listened before coming over here to garrett Wood, who by the way i didn't even know this because that's what the combine he's is from pittsburgh to, no I'm he's joking, from man. baker mayfield's high school oh you're kidding like oh, travis really? texas okay and so you know you had joe burrow link up with joe uh Jamar with Jamar Chase. Chase. Yeah. Chase, right and, and although they didn't play together they're you know about I don't know, five or five years uh uh different in age but the the browns could use some chemistry on their offense and I, well, Wilson, I thought baker had that with obj no <laughs> he, no. Only his dad thought that they didn't. Is yeah. that correct? But I think Garrett, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Traylon Burks—any of those three would fit the Browns to a T. I like Burks, but they might like uh, one of the others. So uh, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, uh, one of the knocks. I don't want to say knocks, but one of the things they bring up about Kenny Pickett raises hand size, mm-hmm. right? And and I said I brought up Baker, who at the time I believe he is. The, he had the smallest hands of any quarterback in, in that draft. And your GM at the time, John Dorsey, I remember here at the Combine being asked about it and saying, hey, hand size is a big deal for a quarterback in the Northeast. And then he proceeded to draft Baker yeah, anyhow. But, you know, to um, credit, I don't I don't see any problem with Baker's hands in his game. I don't, I don't think that's his downfall for, for the year he had. Uh, he does have a lot of, I think, in the four years, He's been in the league. He's got more turnovers than yeah. any quarterback. Fumbles and fumbles, yeah, the fumbles yeah. worry me a little. But fumbles are not like the balls squirting out of his hand. Fumbles, you know, they're like sacks and strip sacks and stuff. 
But yeah, Dorsey did say that, and and I was surprised that he took him oh, after hearing right, that. Right, right. Well, he's probably throwing everybody a curveball too, saying, "Well, we're not probably not going to yeah. take Baker." Well, so maybe that's why he's consulting in Detroit nowadays. So right, exactly. <laughs> so where did where did the Browns go with Baker Tone? I always ask you this, and you know, it's, it's a matter of debate. He struggled this year, no question about it. Uh, year before. Did they make a decision based on what they saw last year? How much, uh, you know, were there were issues going on with OBJ or was that just OBJ uh, complaining that he wasn't looking at him? Where, where did they go? No, I think there's, there, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, fire beneath that smoke. And I, I do think Landry uh, possibly leaving to, uh, you got two guys that kind of turned on Baker that are on their way out. Now, where does that leave Baker? I mean, he's got to pick up his his game. I and mean, those two games against Pittsburgh, atrocious. Right. I mean, if you can't beat Pittsburgh in what is a down year for them, and supposedly a playoff year for the Browns, if if you're the quarterback of the Browns and you perform like that against Pittsburgh in two games, man, I don't know why they aren't doing everything to explore a better option. And maybe they are, but Andrew Barry yesterday, the general manager, uh, 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 re-upped on his opinion that Baker will be healthy and will be the quarterback next year. We're going to listen to Kevin Stefanski at 145. He's going to say the same thing. At some point, I have to start believing them, right? Because the options seem to be dwindling. There's a lot of teams out here, Jerry, and you heard the GMs yesterday talk about, the, I mean, there's at least six teams who have no quarterback. Right, right. And, and we were talking they, about that earlier. They're struggling to, to get one. So the Browns have Baker Mayfield. He's he's won a game. He's won games for him. Uh, and there's just not enough supply out there. I think for something to happen. I'm starting to think that uh, uh, to hold to their word, they're going to bring him back and hope things get better. Tony, I, I'd never be the hugest Mayfield fan, and on these airwaves, I've said a thousand times, Steeler fans, you should root for the Browns to give him a big long-term deal, which probably isn't in the works now after this past season. But I think he'd be a little remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge he had a million injuries last year. You know, yeah. I, I think he has some things he's never going to get past as a starter. But boy, he he gutted it out and probably shouldn't have been out there as much as he was. Yeah, and the team should have uh, taken over that situation. Right, Case Keenum's fine. There you were know, some right, yeah. key games the Browns needed to win, no matter how ugly. You know, I mean, the one thing I it's like the Steeler game. I mean, special yeah. way they run the ball too. One I of mean, my give criti- it this- criticisms of of Stefanski, despite winning rookie uh, head coach of the year in 2020, it just doesn't seem to do anything it takes to win a game. Mm. You know, like if you got to hand off to Chubb and Kareem Hunt or Jonas Johnson, 40, do Offensive it. line, right. Do it. Yeah. And he, he doesn't do that. And and you're right. He, uh, Baker played with I, some injuries. I think that's a, a, a is a pandemic that goes around the league now with offensive coordinators. I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I saw it on three other occasions this year with the Chargers, with the Vikings, and, um, uh, geez, who was the other game? God, it was right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but anyway, I'll think of it, um, where the coordinators, they start out thinking themselves, and they start getting away from what, by, yeah. you know, getting, you know, if they're running the ball, uh, you know, they're going to third down or some third and short, they're going to throw the ball, stupid things like Jerry, that. I didn't mean to interrupt. So, they're so worried of being criticized for running the ball Titans, Titans was the other game. But oh, ahead. yeah, that yeah. was terrible. Uh, they're so worried about getting criticized by the analytics set exactly about it. running the ball. You know, the run think, percentage is too high. They don't know what they're doing yeah, anymore. Yeah. Right. But it's I working. Th- I think this was the biggest maturity in, in uh, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati. 
Okay, yeah, Burrow had a great year. Jamar Chase had a great year. But look what they did in the playoffs. He didn't – he wasn't embarrassed about kicking field goals. Back in the day, field goals used to win games, right? Right, right. And you didn't care. Now coaches – and Stefanski's right up there with uh, Mike Vrabel uh, uh, eschewing field goals. Uh, And they they almost look at it as minus four points instead of plus three. Right, plus three, that's right. And uh, Zach Taylor, I thought, grew as a coach. And lo and behold – you know, they make a run to the Super Bowl. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think the Browns have a lot of elements. You know, like Kyle Shanahan, he, he's not ashamed to run the ball and, and leave Garoppolo to throw the ball 12 times. And, and Garoppolo. Belichick get, doesn't mind. He's won a few games this exactly. league. Three times they threw it against <laughs> exactly, Buffalo, right? right? Yeah. You probably didn't even have to throw those that three the times. Guy in, the guy in Chargers, to me, is, is the, it, uh, commits the most egregious of sins when it comes to analytics. Um, to me, he cost them several games a year, and he almost cost them Harbaugh? the Steeler game. Pardon? Staley. You're talking about Staley with the yeah, Chargers? Staley. Yeah, Staley. Oh, who'd I say? Yeah, Staley. You said the coach of the Chargers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Staley, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, the you know, they had stuff. a huge lead on the Steelers, and he almost yeah. cost them the game with a yeah. stupid uh, decision. Yeah, we saw him cost the game against the, uh, the Raiders. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And I think Harbaugh is like that, too. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt because yeah, he has yeah. Lamar Jackson, but there's yeah. no doubt about it. So, so yeah, I think if, if coaches went back to just – singular focus i don't care what it looks like i just have to win this game bill ourselves was brilliant at that he didn't right. give a crap right right and belichick too you know it, it's funny you mention that because i think belichick learned from parcells yep. more games are lost in this league than one you know like yep. how do we not screw this up you know we don't need to outthink ourselves and you just put your ego aside and do what you do well so, and what was the ten and six year for the Browns? Oh seven, or what year was that? Uh, where they uh, they made some hay all of a sudden. Back in twenty oh seven. Okay, Rob so Shinsinski was their offensive so coordinator. That's correct. So, what happened in the following year? Uh, blew you know, it up. yeah, they <laughs> blew it up because, but they had some injuries. They had a lot of guys hurt, yeah. and then in five games, and then they 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 fired the coach, and then they blew everything yeah. up. They fired the GM, and and they started over again. And and so I bring that now to this year. One of the things, I mean, they, two years ago, very good. This year, they were on the right track. They're on the right track. Second half of the year, they fall apart. And this is why I think they bring Baker back, or at least I think they should, because I think he's a tough SOB. I think he's gritty. Uh, he's a leader type. I know what LBJ, the way he felt about him. But don't don't make that mistake that you made. It would have been easier in 07 to go, hey, we've had a lot of injuries. We're going to bite the bullet. And we're going to come back with what we have because we, th- we, we think we're on the right path. And don't make that same mistake. That's just my opinion yeah. and my view from afar. Yeah, but they're establishing continuity. You know, this is a, 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 no coach has lasted three years under their present owner. Right, right. So <laughs> this big year for Stefanski. Right? Yeah. Uh, but, Tony, I was a Browns employee for 365 days, and we had three head coaches and two GMs. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> I was a scout for the Browns. We used to talk way back when. I got hired. The day after they drafted Winslow and got fired. The day after they drafted Braylon Edwards. So Butch got canned about week Phil ten. Phil Savage, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, t- tumultuous times. Um, so, oh yeah, Butch, Butch Davis. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Phil Butch hired over. me. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I buy that. Phil yeah. went out with uh, in uh, after when did he get fired? Savage. Not after losing to Pittsburgh in the yeah. final. What game. year? I mean, right. uh, uh, two thousand eight. Yeah, right. That's, that was all that, part that's of that. That's where you were referencing. Right, exactly. It lasted four years. Right, so Chizinski was the coach, Savage. right? Chizinski was offensive coordinator. Romeo Cornell. Right. Right. Romeo, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's Chizinski right. came back for a third time for a one-year stint as yeah. head coach. So when, oh, so when they got rid of Romeo, it brought in Chizinski? 
Is no, that who they was? brought in Eric Mangini after that. Oh, that's right. That. Uh, okay. He didn't the come genius. back until 2017. Chud was our tight end coach when I was yeah. there because of all the Miami ties. You... Three different times with three different <laughs> roles. But you're right. I, there's something to be said for being patient. But nowadays. I mean, that's what the Steelers do. That's why they've been successful. They're patient. They wait. Things don't. Uh, you know, they just, okay, they look, they evaluate, but they don't blow things up. Yeah. And we yeah. know that's happened a lot in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, they've they put the blow up uh, way. Right, exactly. But, but you do have to, I mean, after seeing the playoffs, I mean, the, the, those passing games, uh, you know, it, you make it, it makes you wonder, can the Browns compete with Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson uh, now in the in, And the rest of the conference and, is a know, nightmare, yeah. too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Burrow, it turns out, is the only guy that Baker beats. <laughs> yeah, right. Baker's exactly. Three and zero against. And they up forty one points on him, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Uh, what then? They in one in the yeah, right yeah, in the first it was the one. Best game so of the Browns here's the Bengals season. putting up forty one against the Steelers twice and against the Ravens, and then the Browns, you know, Browns turn around and they put up the forty one. Only team 16. that could beat them. Jerry, when I left that game, that November eighth, I think Browns won forty one sixteen. It was the biggest win, biggest lopsided win under Stefanski. The worst loss for the Bengals all year. I came away saying, you know what? They're going to live up to their expectations. And that was right after the OBJ trade. And it was such an important game for Baker to to reclaim the locker room. And he did it that day. They had a good defensive, great defensive game. But that was the highlight of the season. And that made them, I think, five and four or four and three, something like that. uh, and and they just went down in the tank after that. Well, the hi- the highlight of our day was having you come on uh, the show with us. <laughs> of course, uh, Tony Grossi covers the Browns for uh, ESPN Cleveland, longtime uh, reporter uh, for the old uh, Plain Dealer. We're going to take a break, uh, Jerry Dulac and Matt Williamson. We're going to come back with our final segment right after this year. Our combine coverage is presented by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. This is uh, day one of our full coverage uh, from the NFL Combine. Uh, Matt and I started at 10. We'll take you right up until noon. Uh, Wes Euler, Max Starks, and Dale Lawley will be take you from uh, noon to 2. And then Matt will be back along with, right, Dale and Max. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, I think that's how we're bringing it on home. Yeah, so yeah. six hours of our coverage uh, from the NFL Combine. And our Combine coverage is presented by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC, you know, we, uh, Matt, we've been talking a lot about the quarterback. What might the Steelers do? You know, might they, might they go out and sign some type of quarterback? Look, they're going to bring in some quarterback sure, because sure. they're down one. So one way or another, they're going to add a quarterback. And because that quarterback room is so young and inexperienced for the most part. 13 yards by Dwayne Haskins, uh, 10 by um, uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, so, um, you know, they're go- it, you know if they're going to bring in some veteran, it might be, like, you know, as a, as a second or third team guy, or will they bring in, as we talked earlier, a Mitch Trubisky type, Jameis Winston type uh, to, to be the starter, um, you know, or will they draft one? Um, but to me, if they draft one, they are neglecting areas that I feel they drastically need to improve 
Um, and, and in which case, I don't care who the quarterback would be at that point. Yeah, if you don't right. fix those lines of scrimmage, you're in trouble. When we, when we met with Art Rooney after the season, he said the very foundation of this team is running the ball and stopping the run. Well, well <laughs> Najee Harris obviously did okay with the line of scrimmage that he was running behind. I mean, the offensive line sure. he was running behind, but let's face it. It's it's as bad an offensive line as they've had in a long, long time. So they have to. I don't to, know if there's a worse team in the league when you combine running the ball and stopping the run. Well, you know? I don't think there is. They finished 24th, I believe it was, in running the ball, and they finished dead last in, in stopping the stopping run. The run right? So if your foundation is running the ball and stopping the run while the Steeler foundation is crumbling, yeah. it's on very, very shaky ground. And the owner mentions it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, right, so right. to me, um, and especially the defensive line, what I see happening. Um, is signing an offensive lineman in free agency because you need a veteran there. You need a proven guy. Um, And then you can pay uh, more attention to the defensive line. We've seen the Steelers go back-to-back at positions in a draft. To me, two of my first three picks would be defensive linemen because they need to restock that with young studs, somebody who's going to be the next camp, you know, um, or even the next to it because as of right now, you can't rely on Stefan to it. They are – uh, wary of the fact that if he comes back, how committed is he or, uh, you know, how much does he want to be back? Sure, and there's sure. a big issue there, trust me, right, with right. the Steelers. So I know Kevin Colbert said something yesterday, I believe, on the air relative to that, that he wants to come back or something. But the Steelers have a question of how committed he will be to that. And he's um, making a pretty good buck, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> so they have to, they're wary of that and they have to be wary of the age. And they don't have anybody behind that, behind them to on, on which to build. So to me, a veteran offensive lineman and two young uh, guys in uh, on the defensive line in the draft is the way to me. If I'm orchestrating it that way, I would go. But I I don't think there's any question those should be big priorities for this team. This is my O line plan. I wonder if you agree with me or not. Is my first free agent move on the O line would be to go get a solid starting guard. And I could give you five, six, seven names. I mean, there's, there's guys like James Daniels with the the bears or Connor Williams. They're not a plus free agents. You know, they're going to get 10 million or something like that, but they're a quality right guard, put them there. Green swim with its center, but might have a Finney type lurking around. I would like to bring back Chooks a core for, and I don't think Chooks is a superstar, but tackles are hard to come by and he's still young and if his right guard next to him is a lot better player and I draft a tackle on day two or somewhere too, I, I think that might be enough for the O-line. Yeah, yeah. I, I think your idea earlier when you talk about Brian Jensen type, mm-hmm. you know, if they can if they can pull that trigger, I think that's ideal. Maybe move yeah. uh, uh, Green, Kendrick Green to guard. Let, let's face it, Trey Turner was just – he was a late addition. Did not anticipate. They stumbled into him. Yeah, they, yeah, did, right, they right. didn't anticipate what was going to happen with DeCastro. Mm-hmm. So now they're left with a position. They had to go out and get a guy who was just sitting. Yeah, they and were fishing so, from a pretty shallow pool there. Right, they exactly. They were lucky he was available. Exactly. Right, right. So I could see them moving on in, in that direction. Uh, uh, Dotson was a big disappointment last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not uh, evolve the way they had hoped. Uh, I'm hesitant to say expected. Um Maybe big disappointment is stretching it, but he was disappointing. Yeah, uh, that he that he didn't play the way they had anticipated. I thought he'd take a step forward yeah. and clearly be their best uh, lineman. And I don't think they're ready to move on from. Him, but um, you know, um, so and and they like they they really like Dan Moore. 
Yeah, um, he's so, going to be the left tackle, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they need there needs to be one guy there that whether the center or a guard, uh, an established player mm-hmm. who's not going to break the bank, but you're going to have to pay more than you've paid Trey Turner or somebody like and, that. And they're someone from outside the organization, right? That's oh, absolutely, veteran, right. I mean, absolutely. to me, that's the first move. And I, I would be in really in favor of bringing back Chooks because I don't think it would be that expensive. And I'm drafting a tackle. I just know that shopping on the free agent market for offensive tackles is, I, I mean, that's Rodeo Drive. I, I just can't afford it, and you don't hardly ever get the return. But interior right. offensive linemen, you'll get your money back out of them. Right. And, and you know, they, they're going to uh, – they have to make a contractual decision on a Zach Banner. He's going to cost right, them right. $6.6 million. So, you know, at the very least, they'll redo that and reduce that by at least half. But I would rather see that money invested in Chooksacor if you're going right, to go right. go that route. I agree Especially with you. Especially if you plan on drafting one as well. Right. You know, right. Right. So um, – and I still think Joe Haig can make this team. Joe, Joe, Joe Haig's fine. I want him fine to be my, for what he is. I want him to be my seventh or eighth offensive lineman, right. not my sixth. That's you know, exactly it, right. It's just a ripple effect. I have no problem with that. So, to me, that's where they have to go. Then, of course, it's going to be, you know, is Juju back? If Juju isn't back, now you have to drive, draft a wide receiver mm-hmm. somewhat early. You're going to probably draft one anyhow because you're going to lose right. James Washington. Like two on contract. Yeah, moment. right, right. And, they, and, uh, you know, and they, they like skilled players. And so if they see one with a nice grade on, they'll, they'll go get them, whether it's a fourth round. Um, you know, if there's a third rounder and, and there's no juju, then maybe, I mean, a second round grade uh, on a guy and in the third round, maybe you take him then. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, those lines of script have to be addressed first and foremost. And it, make, it makes your, you know, people want to say, oh, they need an inside linebacker. Look, they have a big, uh, well, I, it's it's a simple decision on Jobert. It's going to cost him $9.7 million. So Too much. They're, they're, one of two things is getting cut, his salary or him. And so <laughs> right, he right, becomes right. a better player if your defensive line, if Tuitt's there and Alu Alu there all of a sudden, and I'm willing, you know, they, they're bad, they become better, and I'm, I'm willing to give Devin Bush a pass because what, coming off that ACL then early in the year, two groin injuries, um, you know, the things that he relied on, his athleticism, um, it just wasn't there. and. Uh, Matt, you know, you can come back from playing after ACL surgery, but they all tell you, you know, you're really not 100% till it's a good year mm-hmm. to 16 months before you're like your old self. The timing's unfortunate because now I don't think he can pick up his fifth-year option after the year he had. But what if he turns into the player you thought he was and you actually protect him a little bit better and you just out of Steelers are always going to invest in big-time defensive lineman eating up blocks and he's going to run and hit and he didn't let him do what he does well. I thought he had a really poor year, but there's excuses are the wrong words, but there's reasons, reasons behind it. Right, you know, right, uh, right. That's why I say I'm willing to give him a pass. I'm not yeah, saying, yeah. That, you know, he was okay last year. No, he struggled. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's time to give up on the problem is you just you have a huge investment and you traded up 10 spots with the 10th overall pick. Right. And when you do that, when you're drafting that high, you run, you know, it's not this isn't Artie Burns. This isn't even Terrell Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is you targeted a guy. Absolutely. Not fell to you. Right. Made a big move to go get him. And the other question is, is what to do with Terrell Edmonds? I think Terrell Edmonds, the the, the his. His uh, albatross is the fact he was a number one pick. If Terrell Edmonds was a number two pick, oh, we'd all love him. You'd go, boy, he's really good. Sierra Nation would love the guy. I know, <laughs> right? but he has that number one tag on him. So he's, now he's not as good. You know, he's not that impactful number one guy. Second half of the season, I thought he's been very. Difficult. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was he really solid. Snaps, yeah. I, I would. I don't think he's going to be super expensive. I would try to bring him back too. I think he's a high. I think he's a quality starter. 
Yeah. Is he going to Pro Bowls left and right? Probably not. Right. But he's a good player. I, I agree. And then, of course, they'll have to they'll see what's going to happen with Joe Hayden. Joe wants to go out and test the market, see if he could get one final contract. I don't know that that's forthcoming. The coaches want to bring him back, but it's going to be up to Joe where he wants to go. I'm a Withers fan, but we can talk about that more tomorrow. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. And that's a guy who's a free agent, but I would expect, obviously, Joe Pack, what they do with him. Yeah, or right, either right. way, I think they may fire that preemptive strike. Bring him back. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Uh, you know, before any decision. You play this Joe. a lot too. You know. Well, that's going to do it for me and Matt, at least for these two hours. Uh, uh, Max Starks, Dale Lawley, and Wes Euler will take you from noon to two. So don't you dare go away. Six hours of coverage from the NFL Combine. Our Combine coverage is presented by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. You're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio.